I'd always imagined prison as a series of boxes, each one smaller and more claustrophobic than the last, like a Russian doll of human despair and state-instituted squalor, but with cafeteria trays filled with amorphous meats and corn. Inmates on TV were always eating corn. San Carlos Correctional Facility. Please state your name and business. Sydney Bell and Ben Porter. We're here to visit an inmate, not because we've committed any crimes. Uh, okay. IDs? Yeah, from now on, maybe I should talk to the guards. Oh, okay. But as Ben and I entered San Carlos Correctional, I was surprised at how welcoming it looked. Soft edges, open areas covered in shade, and walls painted in calm, inviting colors. It almost felt quaint, like an old folks' home, or Soviet Disneyland. Black C's closed because a dude got shivved with the TV remote. Now he's stuck in surgery and the commons room is stuck on C-SPAN too. <laughs> Talk about a lose-lose. Anywho, enjoy your stay. This is Sydney Bell, and you're listening to The Hunt, question mark. Tuesday, October 1st, 10 a.m., three days after Sarah Kovac's murder. Hello, I'm Anna Gilbright, and welcome back to Associated Public Radio's Novo News. Today we're talking about the ongoing case against Gareth Whitley with special guest Professor Hans Embleton, author of the book The One Per Sinned, that's spelled out like sinned instead of sent, and the Western world's leading speaker on a disease he has coined advanced stage affluenza. Professor Embleton, welcome. Thank you, Anna. And please, it's Dr. Imbleton. Now, you've been very vocal about how Gareth Whitley is both guilty of the murder of Sarah Kovacs and afflicted by advanced stage affluenza, or in layman's terms, ASA. Care to break down your findings for our listeners? Well, throughout my extensive research, to which only me and my team have seen and there are no real peer-reviewed academic publications, I discovered a very simple fact. And that is, while all people might be different, super-rich people are totally absolutely 100% the same. Hmm. Intriguing. Because once you are entranced by the endless money spigot, once you join the likes of the super-rich, you become divorced from reality. As you no longer hold a righteous and essential profession, like that of an adjunct sociology professor, your interests gravitate towards something else, like death and destruction. And you say this phenomenon is like flipping a switch in someone's brain. Exactly! Take Nelson Mandela, for example. He grew up in a small village, was put in prison for years, made very little as president of South Africa. But in his retirement, he got book deals and speaking arrangements, and uh, before you knew it, his net worth was upwards of $10 million. He joined the super-rich. And where is he now? Um, dead? Exactly. Gareth Whitley is a similar example. From a blue-collar family in North Carolina, so he works hard. Raised on religion, which gave him the faith in the path he was taking, started a soap company from the scratch in his dorm bathroom, which he built into the single most profitable home goods conglomerate in the world. 
By any stretch of the imagination, he earned his wealth. But that wealth came at a cost. Advanced age affluenza. And for Mr. Whitley, it resulted in him killing Sarah Kovacs. And what of your critics, who say that your findings have no scientific basis, your claims are made to sell poorly written books, and you yourself are, and these are their words, a snake oil salesman who siphons student debt into hack job research projects that prove only that he is a skeezy, bitter old man who desperately needs to get laid. While I would vehemently argue with three of those points, it's not really worth the effort. After all, we're just pawns living in Elon Musk's simulation. a very large door. Gotta keep the criminals in. I apologize, it's the inmates. That's the warden. Like the door, he's also very large. He looks like the bad guy in a movie starring The Rock who is brought in only to make The Rock look slightly less huge. God, I love The Rock. And that's Ben, my sleuthing partner. Sydney Bell? Ben Porter? Uh, yes, present. I'm Miss Reynolds, Gareth Whitley's legal counsel. I'll be joining you today in your talk with sick client. Yeah, thank you for uh, for setting this up on such short of note. Of course. Now, since this is an active case, the warden has allowed us only five minutes for the interview. However, the two of you are granted permission to record this conversation for your podcast under the stipulation that if law enforcement were to ask for a copy of said recording, that you would provide it to them in full. Do we have an understanding? Uh, yes. Great. Also, I love your hair. Oh, wow, thank you. I'm Additionally, trying. as this interview is planned for public broadcast and thus legally binding, I will be counseling Mr. Whitley on when and when not to respond to your inquiries. That's lawyer talk, for he's not going to give us anything good. On the contrary, it was Mr. Whitley who requested this visit. He's more than willing to talk, if you ask the right questions. I'd only seen Gareth Whitley in person the one time when I was young, and that image in my mind matched the old pictures from Forbes and Time magazines that they used on the news. But now, in present day, in person, Gareth was smaller, more frail, but I guess that would be expected given he was in his 60s. Don't mind the appearance. I swear it's less the age of the prison and more the pancreatic cancer. But despite his surroundings and his current situation, he still had a natural charisma about him. A social gravity of sorts. Your five minutes starts now. Go ahead and sit down. I'm sure you have plenty of questions. Yes, definitely. Um, let's just start from the top. Where were you on the night of Sarah Kovac's murder? My client has no answer to that question at this time. Okay. Great. Um, what about just in general? What's your recollection of the days leading up to the murder? My client has no answer to that question at this time. <laughs> You're kidding me. Is that an official question? Uh, it depends. Are they like lives in Smash Brothers and we run out of them? Please, I do apologize, but you'll need to be a bit more specific. Okay, let's talk about the victim. How did you first meet Sarah Kovacs? I didn't. What? I'd never met the woman before in my life, had never even heard of her until she showed up in the news. But she was killed while staying in your cabin. Killed in the forest, technically, as you two so expertly proved. Okay. Fair. 
You know, many people around town claim to have seen you two together potentially dating. Are these the same people who believe I own two time machines? Well, the one person, but And no. you consider these sources legitimate? No, it, what, there were other people who... Okay. Why don't we just move on to your cabin, all right? Evidence states that Sarah was there in her underwear, drinking wine, and there were no signs of forced entry. If you didn't know her, how do you account for her getting inside in the first place? You said in your last episode, unsurprisingly, I'm an avid listener, that there were three keys, okay? Mine, my housekeeper, Angelica's, and a third on the key rack inside the house. Yes, that's correct. The third is an extra. A hideaway we keep hidden in the front yard. Hidden where? My client has no answer to that question at this time. You're broadcasting this. He's not telling you where he hides his key. Well, he's not going to hide it there again, right? If someone stole it and broke into his house and got killed. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Can we just have a minute, <sighs> Sydney? He's getting to you. How is he not getting to you? Oh, he is. But I came in thinking he was a dick. We should switch it up. Oh, like good cop, bad cop? It doesn't work when we're not cops because we have nothing to threaten or offer. But we do have a lot of questions. Why not let me ask them? Then what do I do? The actual investigating. I'll read the facts, pester the shit out of him, and you work off how he reacts. You want this guy to be innocent, right? Well, I'd like to remain impartial due to journalistic integrity. That's overrated. Listen to him like you want him to be innocent. Everyone's accusing him and questioning him. Be the one who actually talks with him. Remember, this is a time session. I prod, you dig. Got it? Shouldn't it be more like I dig after you do? Is that it? a yes? Yes, yes, that's a yes. Mr. Whitley, what were you doing on the night of the murder? My client has no answer to that question at this time. Okay, what were you doing on the morning after the murder? My client has no answer to that question. This is the activity that you did on the day after the murder. My client has no question to that answer at this time. Well, hey, at least you're paying attention. My guess is that your daily schedule involved moving Sarah's car away from your cabin to avoid suspicion? Are you asking me to tell you what your own guess is? No, I just hadn't heard your voice in a while and I thought maybe the cancer had taken its toll. You are aware we can choose to end this interview early? Okay, so, if not the car, perhaps you were ditching the gun, the cab at 1911? Which large body of water did you happen to throw it in after murdering Sarah Kovacs? I didn't even know the gun worked, much less that it was loaded. I'm just gonna write down Lexington Reservoir, addendum covered in blood. Does that sound good? The gun was a mantelpiece, a benign prop. I didn't even buy the thing. Then who did? It was, it was a gift, right? And considering your public stance on guns, I assume it was one with sentimental value for you to keep it. That's right. It was given to me by my old business partner, Robert Beckett. Did he collect guns? He collected all sorts of Stupid machines that could kill you. You're talking about the plane crash. That was a tragedy. And one that you were almost a part of, right? Yeah. It was shortly after my divorce. I was vacationing with his family. And this was in O2? While you were being suspended pending investigation of antitrust law? This was right before that. It was after his death that I went back home to Charlotte for a bit. So you and Mr. Beckett were close? We grew up together. Started the company in college when we were 19. And the news of his passing, I, I take it it was tough on both families. Well, he didn't die immediately. He was only paralyzed at first, so I had to watch him. 
the strongest man I knew, wither away slowly and die. Bedridden with a whimper. You're young. Might be hard for you to understand. You know, my mother, she used to be a very peppy and active woman. Or, that's what people told me. I never saw it myself due to her degenerative muscle disease. So as I got older and more active, she got less. And we never really were able to meet in the middle. So, yeah, I, I understand just a bit. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear of her passing. Thank you. I mean that. You got one minute. One minute. Mr. Whitley, where were you on the night of Sarah Kovac's murder? My client has no answer to that question. Miss Reynolds, I was at my beach house in Monterey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's not what you told the sheriff. Well, that's because I haven't told them anything yet. Why? My client has no answer to that question at this time. You were in Monterey? From Saturday through Monday morning. Well, then why didn't you just tell us that to begin with? Because you hadn't earned it. Oh, fuck off. Is there anyone else who could corroborate that you were there? My client has no answer to that question at this time. You know this is being recorded, right? The sheriff's department will find out and search the house. I know. But I would guess you don't broadcast live, so why not give you two a head start? Miss Reynolds, give them the keys to the Monterey house on the way out. Yes, Mr. Whitley. All right, comes up. What? No, 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 no. Why are we getting the keys? Why did you even call us here in the first place? Because you seem to have a knack for looking at things differently than the authorities do. And I'm a sick old man with pancreatic cancer who would rather not die in prison, so seeing that I am innocent, it only makes sense to have as many parties as possible trying to find the truth. You two, out, now! Okay, okay, we're going, we're going. Jesus. And because you remind me of my daughter. Good luck, Sydney Bell. The Hunt? Question mark. Is brought to you by Shimmer. By me, Delaney Rose Whitley. No woman is perfect, but you know you're a queen. Let the world know you're woke and look like you're 16. Our proprietary blend of herbs, cooking oils, potent fragrances, and science in quotation marks will have you looking like the youngest, best, and most deserving of other people's attention version of you. Because a goddess doesn't just shine. She shimmers by Delaney Rose. Ben and I took off from Monterey directly from the prison, only stopping at a gas station in Elk Meadows for a resupply of road trippy snacks. It was four for three on corn nuts, so I got 12 bags. And so we could get an accurate read on exactly how long it would take to drive from Gareth's cabin in Elk Meadows to his house in Monterey. If Gareth had truly been at his beach house, the timing of his stay could mean the difference between an irrelevant footnote in the case and an exonerating alibi. As we got close to Monterey, Ben called the sheriff's department so we wouldn't get in trouble for, quote unquote, obstruction of justicing the fuck out of this thing. But when we finally got through, one of the sheriff's deputies picked up. 
Elk Meadows Sheriff's Department. Yeah, hey, this is uh, this is Ben. I got important info on the Sarah Kovacs case. Oh, neat. So do you, do you want to, like, hear it? Oh, you know, I really would, but I'm out of the office right now. I called the department's landline. Call forwarding, dude. We'll be in tomorrow, though. You should definitely come by. It's Friday, so we'll have scones. Yeah, multiple flavors, dude. I, can, you, can you just put me through to chow, please? Oh, no, definitely can't do that. Yeah, then you know we're out of the office, dude. No wonder Gareth doesn't trust the sheriff to solve the case, huh? Okay, GPS says we're five minutes out from the house. Okay, so that would put us at one hour, 29 minutes for the drive, which would be close to the time it would have taken late at night last Saturday. So that means we have to prove he was in Monterey at around midnight to confirm his alibi. Yep. It also means we'd be way ahead of schedule and have time to stop at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Oh, we should really stay on task. Ah, it's practically on the way. I just don't think it's the best use of our time. Me and I heard the stingrays in the petting pool just gave birth to twins. Right now, I'm on the first floor of the Monterey Bay Aquarium, tucked into a dimly lit nook opposite the kelp forest and staring into the darkness of the tank of the giant Pacific octopus. And in doing so, I can't help but compare this mysterious shellless mollusk to Sarah's unknown killer. Smart, cunning, a master of camouflage. Could it really be Gareth? The man who was so kind to me so many years ago. The man who did so much good for the community. Or was it someone else? Someone who, just like this octopus, was hiding in plain sight. Right in front of my nose. And I couldn't see it. Like in this tank right now, I mean seriously, where's the octopus? Is it sleeping? Did someone move it and not tell anyone? Oh, this fucking guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's never here. Are you... Dang it! Have you hit up the touch tank yet? Yeah, but I yelled at a child for taking a sea cucumber out of the water, so now I'm lying low. Fair enough. You know, with everything that's going on with this murder case, I kind of miss Bigfoot's ghost. Why? Because he totally isn't real? Editor's note, we have yet to disprove him. No, because finding the truth about Bigfoot's ghost is as simple as finding him. But to find out what happened here, there's just a lot more... Gray area? Exactly. Like, I don't think Gareth did it, but then why give us the runaround today? If he's innocent, what does he have to hide? Nazi gold? Weird sex stuff? I don't know. Everyone's got something to hide. And whether it's your mom's stories or whatever the hell Gareth's up to... Truth usually has a lot more gray area than you might think. You know, I thought this octopus was like a metaphor for the murderer, but maybe it's a metaphor for truth. Uh, okay. Like, how can you find the truth when it's subjective? When even truth is ever-changing with the times and the surroundings, hidden deep in the darkness... Oh, shit! There it is! Oh, I yeah! See the octopus! Oh. oh, God, it's really gooey-looking. I was not expecting that.
Gareth's house in Monterey was a two-story cottage on a hill overlooking the beach. Unlike his enormous cabin in Elk Meadows or his penthouse apartment in the city, this spot was quaint, cozy, even understated. Hmm, not a monogram in sight. The inside of the house was like an old ski lodge with the second floor an open loft that looked over the combined kitchen and living room. Dibs on the bottom floor. What? I have old knees. This TV's nice. Shitty DVD collection, though. I didn't know they made this many sequels to Scorpion King. We got a large pizza in the fridge. Mostly eaten. And a pint of ice cream in the freezer. Vanilla bean. Classic Gareth flavor. The loft is a bedroom. Bed is undone. Sheets have clearly just been used. There's also a blanket and a pillow on the couch. So it looks like Gareth's idea of a nice weekend away is breakup style binge eating and shitty movies. Who knew? What's that on the counter? With the blinking light? Uh, I think that's like a toaster no, 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 or it's something? A, it's a... It's a phone, right? Oh shit, is that what landlines look like now? Look, on the side, an LCD screen. With phone numbers. That's the last five numbers this phone dialed. Well then. Who's ready for some crank calls? That's after the break. The Hunt? Question mark. Is brought to you by Canis Fortress of Fitness. Ladies, are you tired of flabby arms, cellulite legs, and the black hole in your heart that can only be filled with self-loathing and also carbs? I'm Kenneth. I'm a trainer, dancer, notary, and professional pump-you-upper, and my patented mix of meditation, spiritual exercise, and positively leaning body shaming from your peers has worked on everyone, from top-line influencers like Delaney Rose Whitley to mediocre, indeterminate randos just like you. So, come on down to the Fortress of Fitness and be witness <laughs> to your litness. Nice. After examining Gareth's phone, we found that each of the recent calls had a number and a call time with the latest one coming at 7.28 on the night of Sarah's murder. Not late enough to secure Garrus' alibi, but it was a good place to start. So, we went down the line calling each number. Okay, so, our goal is to get any sort of information out of these people. Name, age, what the relationship is to Gareth, etc., etc. Right. Okay, this is the first number. 704-323. Maybe we don't make that public. Oh, right. Good call. Hi, this is Dr. Claudia Douglas. 
chair of the oncology department at St. Peter's Hospital. Oh, yep, that sounds cancer-related. Should we leave a message? No, 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 no message. We, we don't want to give anyone time to make up a story. Or it could give them time to get nervous so we sweat out the truth. Or it could lose us the upper hand. Hello? Hello? Uh, uh, hi, is this Claudia? No, this is her daughter, Hope. Hope, I've heard so much about you. Are you one of my mom's patients? Sure. How old are you? And where do you and your mom live? Approximately. Not the age, but the location. We don't need, like, a specific address. That would be weird. And we're not, I mean, I, the only person on the phone with you now, I'm not weird. At all. Uh, okay. Oh, also, do you know Gareth Whitley? He, uh, is- Is this a telemarketer? Sure. Is this Claudia? Yes, it is. Get a real job and never call here again. Okay, new strategy, Mm -hmm. 50% less telemarketer, 100% less serial killer. We called the rest of the numbers on Gareth's phone, but the people he'd contacted last Saturday weren't exactly close confidants. Adolf's Pizza, home of Monterey's second cheesiest cheesy bread. Um, this is tech support, so I probably just told you to print something off, but not again. Last Saturday is to today, like today is to tomorrow. But finally, we got a hold of Monterey Garbage and Recycling Company. So you're telling me you do want your garbage picked up? No, I I just want to know what we told you a week ago, on Saturday night. You said that you were staying at your place in Monterey for a few days. You wanted us to start up garbage service. But then, like two days later, you called again and said not to pick up the garbage. Gareth? Uh, I mean... I called again? No, no, no. It was, it, was, it was the other one. The other one? It was you, Miss Reynolds, or Miss Reynolds, or whatever. Oh, right. I can't believe this. You two have terrible memories. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, so did you pick up the garbage or not? I don't know. I'm just a middleman. After the call, I went to Adolf's to get a slice. Did you know they have the second cheesiest cheesy bread in Monterey? Cans at the curb. We might be too late. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. I have never been so happy to see weak old trash. We weren't quite sure what we were looking for, but knew that whatever it was, Gareth had meant for us to find it. Oh, I found a... Nope, that's a rat. That's a living rat. Get it away. And also that we should have definitely put on gloves before digging through bags of garbage. Look at this. Receipts from Saturday. Adolph's Pizza, Safeway, and Target for a bunch of discount DVDs. Timestamps? Earliest is 10.13, latest is 11.35 on Gareth's credit card. Well, we said midnight was the latest Gareth could leave here for Elk Meadows and still murder Sarah, right? Yeah, so it's, it's not an airtight alibi, but it, it, it's a good start. Oh, fuck. Well, it was. What? What else did you find? One gold monogrammed Cabot 1911 handgun. Sound familiar?
The Hunt, question mark, is created, written, and directed by Eric Wong. Produced by Stephen Pipps, Eric Wong, and Aaron Merrill. Edited by Aaron Merrill and Eric Wong. Audio engineering by Aaron Merrill and Will Katsopoulos. Sound design and mixing by Armin Arouche and Aaron Merrill. With script supervising by John Sherry and assistant directing by Gabby McCullough. Starring Taylor Owen, James Neal, and Nat Topping. With additional voices by Nicole Ramsauer, Davina Heflin, Gabby McCullough, Trevor Wu, Paulina Bugembe, John B. Steins, Grace Dahlman, John Sherry, Sam Niedenbach, Kelly Berryhill, Tasha Sill, Clark Hill, Colin Wu, Bhargav Patel, and Will Katsopoulos. With original artwork by Brian Wong and original compositions by Armin Arouche.